This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the final Black and Blue Report of the season. I'm Daniel Sallerson here in Studio B on the campus of the Saints and the Pelicans. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. We have a great jam-packed show for you on this final day. Remember, we go uh, on hiatus until Saints training camp. Gives us a little break, take a deep breath, and uh, enjoy the offseason a little bit. Of course, the NBA draft uh, still a month away, over a month away, and then free agency starts in July, but of course... Uh, working for the team we can't really discuss those things on a podcast so it just makes it easier to we'll take a quick break and then we'll dive back into it in late July but of course we're still we're still trying to recap the NFL draft which ended this weekend the Saints making a, a bunch of great picks and uh, of course we ran some of those interviews yesterday from our first round picks that the Saints selected on Thursday night and we will continue with running some of those interviews today we'll uh, continue with Alvin Kamara the running back from Tennessee, and Alex Anzalone, the linebacker from Florida, as both those guys joined the Saints draft show on NewOrleansSaints.com in the mobile app. Uh, after they were selected, they spoke with Sean Kelly, John DeShazer, and Jennifer Hale. We'll run those for you in case you missed them, as they were two great guests and two guys that are really excited uh, to put on a black and gold uniform for the New Orleans Saints. Of course, the NBA playoffs also are in full swing as uh, things got interesting last night between Houston and San Antonio as Houston uh, blew the lid wide open, uh, beating the San Antonio Spurs handily. I remember seeing at one point it was 73-39. to I believe they won by over 25 points, and Houston has ruined home field advantage, home court advantage, I should say, for the San Antonio Spurs, and we'll see how the Spurs react to that tomorrow night. The Cavaliers uh, take care of the Toronto Raptors to go up 1-0. And tonight, game two of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Celtics and the Wizards. Remember, the Wizards were up, I believe, 16 to nothing in game number one before the Celtics came back and won game one. And game one of Western Conference semifinals between the Jazz and the Warriors begins tonight as the Jazz beat the Clippers on Sunday afternoon to eliminate the Clippers. Should be a fun series, I should say, between the Warriors and the Jazz. I think two very uh, different styles of play. The Warriors, the, of course, the fast place. Uh, let it fly approach where the Jazz are more methodical, slow the pace down, and uh, play some really good defense. So it should be fun to see how that series plays out. And, of course, we'll get uh, a fresh take from Jim Eikenoff for Pelicans.com. We'll look uh, forward to the Pelicans offseason. What can we expect? Um, maybe the draft lottery in two weeks. Maybe there'll be a nice surprise for the Pelicans there. And kind of look forward to free agency on July 1st. And we'll get his take on the NBA playoffs as well. So, again, a reminder, this is our last show uh, of the season, and we want to we want to start things off with some New Orleans Saints draft talk. We'll put a, a bow on it and hear from two of the players that were selected by the Saints on a Friday night. We'll hear from Alvin Kamara and Alex Anzalone. Stay with us. This is the Black and Blue Report. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy lineman and safety specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. 
That's EntergyStormCenter.com. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. As promised, I want to play some of those interviews from the Saints draft show on Friday night, rounds two and three. We're in uh, round number three. The Saints selected Alvin Kamara, running back from Tennessee, and Alex Anzalone, linebacker from Florida. Two SEC guys now join uh, the Saints in SEC country. We'll start off with Alvin Kamara who called into the show and spoke with Sean Kelly, John DeShazer, and Jennifer Hale. Congratulations, Alvin. It's Sean, Jen, and John. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you, guys, for congratulations. Uh, what, what a night. And I'm sure it, it, it's probably not yet hit you, but can you describe um, the moment you got the phone call and what, what's happened since? Man, I mean, Coach Payton, you know, and those guys, they called me and, and just embraced me and said, you know, uh, the best thing I could have done was, was caught those balls at that workout for them. And, you know, I just just um, thank them for, for calling me and giving me the opportunity to be a part of the organization. And like you said, I don't think it's hit me completely yet, but I'm just excited and I'm, I'm ready to ready to uh, be in New Orleans. Alvin, you're a Southeastern Conference guy, uh, a Southern guy from Georgia. What do you know about the Saints offense? And obviously I would imagine as a running back you have to be pretty excited about the opportunity to play in this kind of offense. Yeah, definitely, know, definitely know about, uh, a, a little bit about this offense. You know, just having like that versatile piece, like a Darren Strode and Reggie Bush, and I, me seeing myself as kind of like a guy that that plays like that. I mean, I'm definitely excited and ready to see how it unfolds. Alvin, you uh, forced a, a missed tackle every 2.92 touches, according to Pro Football Focus second best in the draft class amongst running backs this this time around. Where did you learn your moves? Take us back into your development as a player and, and where you've seen yourself grow and develop. I mean, man, just just, just watching all the, all the great backs do it. Like, I mean, throwing back to just far back to the Clinton Portises and Priest Holmes and guys, even watching like Darren Sproles and, and Reggie Bush back when he was at USC. Just, just trying to pull from everybody's game and, 
you know, I'm blessed to be able to make plays, some plays like those guys. I mean, hopefully I can keep it going. <laughs> you know, Alvin, does this get to be an excruciating process uh, being involved in the draft? Um, you were projected, and I mean, you, you know, you, I guess you have to take it with a grain of salt, but you're projected to go higher you have to sit and wait a little bit longer than maybe you thought or maybe everyone had told you you might. Does it does it become an excruciating process to sit and wait? I mean, it does a little bit, but honestly, I went into it with an open mind. You know, all the, the groundwork had been laid, so, I mean, it was, that's all I could do was just wait. So I was just waiting, and, I mean, finally got my name called and was definitely excited. You mentioned uh, catching balls for Coach Payton. Was that a was that a private workout? And if so, you know, describe it for me. Yeah, it actually, was a private workout, and I actually wasn't scheduled to work out. And they actually asked me to work out. Like, I mean, as they were going onto the field, and I had to go and get some cleats and gloves from the equipment room at Tennessee, and I went out there and and, and did a workout for them, and I mean, it paid off in the end. So, Alvin, would you say you're catch you're comfortable catching balls out of the backfield, acting as a return man? Uh, where's your comfort level with that type of thing? I mean, I feel like I'm I'm definitely comfortable doing doing all three of all those things, catching the ball out of the backfield and returning. And I mean, anything I could do to help the team, that's yeah. what I'm going to do. You know, Alvin, did you feel like that workout was kind of a little bit of a test? I guess, I guess to see how ready you could you could get yourself in in, in a short amount of time. Well, I'd say so. And now you join a backfield that features, oh, by the way, Mark Ingram and, oh, by the way, Adrian Peterson. Your thoughts on that, and, and has there been a conversation about your role specifically? I know we've talked about your skill set a little bit, but what about a, a, a specific role or conversation regarding that? No, there hasn't, there hasn't been a specific conversation about that, but, I mean, definitely a, a, a nice situation to come into, you know, those, those guys are vets, and I mean, just being able to come behind them and, and learn and, and, and grow as a player is definitely going to be fun. Tell me the story. All right, take me back. Norcross High School in Georgia, the Atlanta area. Uh, give me give me the, the the highlight version of here, your journey to the NFL from there. <laughs> High school, I mean, went out on top state champ my senior year. I mean, go to Alabama kind of rocky road, didn't really go go well. Um, get to Hutchinson Community College, kind of got to grind through that. Different different type of environment, different um, work workplace. Uh, got through that, made it through, and, and got to Tennessee and put in two good years of work. And now, now I'm here, you know, got my name called and just excited for the next chapter. You know, going to junior college, Alvin, how, how humbling is it? Because it's obviously a, a totally different – Situation than being at a Division One big time program. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. It's a it's a it's a wake up call, you know. Just being in junior college, I mean, it's not the same resources that you have at a D one school. So you got to stay focused and, and get through it. And, I mean, that's what I did, and actually was able to turn that into you know one of the driver forces to get me to where I'm at. Alvin, take us a little bit into your your history. What's your family like? What do you guys do when you have downtime together? I mean, just a close-knit family, a single mom, an older brother and an older sister. And just downtime, I mean, we try to try to link up as much as we can. My sister actually lives in L.A., and my, my brother lives in Atlanta. So, I mean, it's been kind of hard with me being in school and, and playing and, you know, just trying to get through this this process and all that. You know, we've kind of been different. But just, just try to link up and 
and spend time with each other as much as we can, whatever whatever that entails. It doesn't matter, you know, if we just at home chilling or if we're doing something else. Uh, I mean, we just try to, try to stay close-knit. Have you heard from your brother and sister yet regarding your selection? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm actually with them. We're sitting, we're sitting in the room. I'm down I'm in Atlanta. We're sitting in a, in a uh, hotel room just watching. And when Coach Payton called, they, <laughs> they jumped up and, and right. they were excited for Good. All right, Alvin, just between us friends, did you grow up a Falcons fan? Uh, I wouldn't say I was a Falcons fan. I mean, when you live in Atlanta, by default, you you have to cheer for the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get I can't get caught up in the in the in the beat. <laughs> Smart man. Well, well, at least at least this uh, this uh, this night now uh, sets up at least one visit a year back to Atlanta, guaranteed. Yeah. Congratulations. Anything else, guys, before we let them go and celebrate the night? We'll see you soon. All right, Alvin, uh, can't wait to see you here. At least it'll be a short trip for you to get to New Orleans. And, again, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And now to someone that I'm sure tried to stop Kamara on a on a yearly basis, Alex Anzalone, linebacker from Florida. He also called in the draft show. Here's what he had to say about joining the New Orleans Saints on draft night. Help, help those yeah. of us who will never, ever, ever get that phone call uh, I guess realize what that might be like. Yeah, so I mean, going through the process, you you try to think about what teams you know you, that need linebackers, what teams you know talk to you the most, what teams haven't talked to you a lot, you know, maybe trying to keep quiet on you, and um, so you just look at all the draft picks, and uh, you know, a couple couple picks ahead, I saw a guy to call, and it's a New Orleans area code, and you know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just a, it's a crazy reaction, you know. You you're, the whole room goes silent. Um, I'm in, I'm with my parents and uh, some other family in Naples, Florida. So um, you know, it's just a you know all, all the emotions come to you. You you don't really know how to feel, and, and when you answer the call, you you don't know who you're who you're talking to, and then um, you realize it's New Orleans Saints, and then you just immediately freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it who called you from the Saints, Alex? What was that? Who was it from the Saints who called you specifically? Coach Sean Payton? Yeah, he called. Um, at first it was Mr. Ireland, and then Coach Payton was on the phone after. Alex, in terms of defensive, uh, are you strictly a linebacker? Are you a guy who can play some rush in? Uh, the Saints are, are a team that said they were looking for rush ends uh, specifically in this draft, and they haven't taken – I guess the quintessential defensive end, but are you a guy who has that capability? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a guy that can play inside and outside, and um, you know, whether it be rushing on third down, I, you know, I think I have a lot of untapped potential as far as that goes. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm not really sure where exactly I'm going to be, but whatever, whatever it is, I'm going to do my best and um, attack it day by day. A couple of shoulder surgeries for you and a broken arm, Alex. Health-wise, durability-wise, where would you grade yourself? You know, I'm, I'm, I've been 100% from the start of this process. You know, um, it's a question that's been coming up a lot, you know, obviously for obvious reasons. But, um, you know, I'm excited to move on from it and uh, just continue playing the game we all love. Um, you know, I'm just excited to prove my worth and prove all the doubters wrong, you know. Uh, Alex, while we're while we're talking here, um, folks who are watching on NewOrleansSaints.com are seeing video of your your uh, combine workout. It, it, as far as your skill set goes, or the or the way you like to play, can you put into words for us 
you know how you'd want to how you want us to see that as far as my as like the combine goes and well whether it be the overall skill set we're, we're, we're you know we're watching you go through the workouts of the combine obviously no no pads no nobody else in the field describe for me though in your own words what kind of a player you are yeah i think i'm a as far as a linebacker goes i'm a linebacker that's big and athletic um i can run and move well my change of direction is is good and um you know i play hard and i play the whistle and um I'm very critical of myself for effort, and I think that's what it takes to be a great football player. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, being a student of the game, the best players that have played football, especially at the linebacker position, are the best students of the game. So I pride myself in those things. I was going to say, one of one of the notes on you is how high your football IQ is. How, how have you developed that? What, what, what's your process for learning that institutional knowledge of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes naturally in um, my upbringing, but also I think a lot of it's effort. Um, you know, it's, it's almost it's pretty much a different language you're learning in every system that you're in, and I learned that quickly at Florida. And um, my goal was to be ready to play as a freshman, and I was able to do that. And part of that was getting in the playbook and being accountable to your teammates, and by doing that. Uh, is there a haircut in your future? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh, no, I like the look. I'm, I'm extremely jealous, quite frankly, Alex. I just, I just know that's a load to carry around all the time. Uh, <laughs> when, when did you make that your own? Obviously, this has been going on for some time. Yeah, I mean, it, the hair was pretty long this year, and uh, you know, it's been about two, a little over two years. So we'll see where it goes from here. But um, it's endured the heat in Gainesville, Florida. So. We'll see. We'll see how it goes in New Orleans. Well, I just thought about that, Alex. As a rookie, do you come in with a little bit of an advantage over these other rookies because you played in Gainesville? The rest of these guys were in Utah and and that kind of thing. Do you you understand the heat and humidity that you're going to step into? Correct. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, going to school at the University of Florida, you learn that quickly. Especially being a guy from Pennsylvania, I wasn't used to it at first, but uh, you get used to it very quickly. Um, how many uh, jokes about why I'm missing high have you heard over the years? Oh, a decent amount. <laughs> you know, it's a small, it's a small high school outside of Pennsylvania, outside of Ryan, Pennsylvania. So, um, you know, you hear a lot about it. But I'm glad um, I can do make them proud throughout this process. Are we saying that correctly? Yeah. Why missing? Why yeah. missing? <laughs> right here. Love it. Yeah. But Jenny, want to tell me where you went to school before we get off the phone? Or? Yes, Alex. We may have a problem. What was that? Uh, we may have a problem, you and I. Oh, what, what's that? <laughs> I am a huge LSU Tiger fan. Big, big. Uh, I know. Huge it could, alum. Hey, it, could be, it could be worse. It could definitely be worse. You were right. <laughs> if you were from Bama, I might have to sit this interview out. I'm, 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 I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to give it a chance. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Alex, oh, be- Alex, before we let you go, what's next for you? I know that the things will really speed up quickly here, but obviously, whether it be in the moment or, or what you'd like to do next, you know, have you given that any thought? Yeah, I mean, right now, just enjoying the night with my family, you know, it's t- time to reflect and then, you know, move on from here. I think it's a, it's a beginning ground for a lot of opportunity to come in the future. All right, congratulations. I bet we'll see you here rather quickly, and uh, all the best to your family, and safe travels, Alex. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I'm glad he told us uh, earlier about how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Yes. Anzalone. Now we got that. We got that squared away. So therefore, right. we'll not. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. That was the first question. Yeah. All right. Take care, okay. Alex. Yeah. Congratulations. Yep. Right, thank, thank you very you. much. And of course, there are still plenty of other interviews from some of the other draft picks that the Saints selected. From the weekend, you can watch those on NewOrleansSaints.com and the mobile app. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to basketball and hear one final time from Pelicans.com writer Jim Eikenhofer. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. New kids on the block are back with Paul Abdul and Boys to Men. The Total Package Tour. Three of the hottest bands in pop music history. New Kids on the Block with Paul Abdul on her first tour in 25 years. R&B royalty boys to men. Friday, May 19th, 7.30 p.m. Smoothie King Center. Reserve seat tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Hit after hit with New Kids on the Block, Paul Abdul, and Boys to Men. The biggest party ever. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Since this is the last podcast before we take a little break, of course, we had to have Jim Eichenhofer on from Pelicans.com to talk about the direction of the Pelicans heading into this offseason and, of course, the NBA playoffs, which are in full swing on this May day. Hello, Jim. Glad to talk to you. I know uh, I'm a little disappointed, though, you're not in Studio B on this final show. I guess I don't mean that much to you. <laughs> Oh, it's not bad. Don't take don't take offense to that. I'm actually um, on location in Gretna on the West Bank right now. So, um, but I'm happy to join you. I would have preferred to have been there, but you know, as you know, sometimes in the summer you have errands and whatnot that you can t- finally take care of that you couldn't do during the season because you're too busy. As long as you weren't going to give me the "it's not you, it's me" speech, I'm okay right now. And I don't think you did that. I know your Ferrari's in the shop, and that's what you're you're taking care of right now. So uh, I understand, Jim. It's the life you lead. Exactly. Exactly. You you nailed it. You got the situation uh, covered. I always do, Jim. I always do, Jim. And uh, let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans here. I know there's not that much to talk about right now with the Pelicans out of the playoffs, but since this is our last show, even until after the NBA draft and free agency, one also because of the fact that we really can't talk about draft prospects at all, so it's hard for us to lead up to the NBA draft. Let's just talk about the direction of this team, and the next big thing for the Pelicans is the NBA Draft Lottery, which hard to believe is two weeks from today, Jim, and I know all Pelicans fans will have their eye on that 30-minute show there come two weeks from now. Sure. I mean, and it, it's it's one of the situations that a lot of teams have been in in the NBA where, um, I mean, granted, it's not a high percentage, but it's, it's a case where the swing between finishing the top three and keeping your pick or not having a first round pick at all is pretty huge. So um, it's definitely going to be a night that everyone will look forward to. And, and although I realistically, I mean, you can't like 4% chance, a 4% chance of anything as far as finishing in the top three. Um, it, it's, it'll be a reason to tune in because if, if, if things do fall the right way and you beat the odds, it'll be, I don't think it's a over exaggeration to say that would be a monumental 
night for the for the franchise overall. Right, so if they don't get into that top three, the first-round pick will go to the Sacramento Kings, but they still will have the second uh, second-round pick. I believe it's pick number 40. So, Jim, I guess there's a, a chance that the Pelicans can draft a player maybe in the same vicinity as Cech Diallo was last year, even though the Pelicans trade up for him, that we might be able to see in the Summer League. So is that some way to look at it, where the Pelicans will have a chance to look at someone that uh, maybe has a chance to make this roster next year? Sure. I mean, I think that will be if 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 they uh, if things don't go their way on lottery night. I think that will be the biggest focus of summer league and and the draft is you know that you have a second round pick and as we've seen in the past, um, it's especially the the early portion. I think in the 30s of the of the second round is is can be pretty productive. It's not something that you should look at as um, a throwaway. It seems like there's been guys that have almost been it's almost like an extension of the first round especially with when you see more and more teams using those picks in the 20s of the first round on guys that they're stashing overseas guys that maybe they want to have stay in Europe for a year or two so sometimes that pushes guys down to the early second round that are guys that can step in and, and be valuable pieces um I think Malcolm Brockton from Milwaukee is probably one of the best examples of that they picked him I want to say 35 or 36 and he ended up starting on a team that won 45 or so games and, and uh, you know, made the playoffs and gave uh, Toronto a pretty good series in the first round. Yeah, Mal- Malcolm Brogdon is certainly a Rookie of the Year candidate, that's for sure, at pick number 35. Glad we brought him up. Uh, let's talk about free agency a little bit. I know it's way too early to talk free agency as far as the Pelicans are concerned, but I know a lot of people are already talking about who they might want to acquire, who they might want to keep. And I think it all circles around Jim Drew Holiday as far as how free agency will go for New Orleans based on whether Drew Holiday decides to stay with New Orleans or go elsewhere. Sure, and and Del Demps and Elvin Gentry and really everyone has made it clear that that's their biggest priority in free agency is, is being able to bring him back. Um, it, you know, in general, we, we can't get into names of free agents, stuff like that, but I do think one of the interesting aspects of free agency this year um, is, is it seems like point guard, there's going to be a decent amount of guys. There's going to be some bigger names. There's some starting caliber guys that are in free agency. Um, so it, it'll be, to me, it'll be interesting to see how, how that, uh, sometimes you have musical chairs that, in different positions. And it actually was kind of the case last year at point guard that there was a few guys that changed teams. And it was kind of, some of it was the same, you know, the same group of teams with, um, you know, George Hill going to Utah and Jeff T going to Indiana a couple other other guys like Derrick Rose going to the Knicks. So um, I think that'll be one thing that, that I watch. And I know everyone is, is, even though it's only May 2nd, I think people are already kind of counting down the days as far as July 1st because that's always such a big night and it's a night where everybody's going to be nervous and everybody's going to be staying up late and refreshing their phone and, and turning on TV to see if there's any news You know, every every five minutes. Of course, you know, Drew Holiday is a point guard. He's also played uh, at the two position before, so we know what kind of player he is. But you mentioned the point guard position. Um, with this style of offense, Dalvin Gentry, and having AD and DeMarcus Cousins, without getting into names, is there a type of point guard that kind of fits into this system a little bit that they might try to address in free agency? Let's say if Drew Holiday doesn't sign. I mean, I think people can see that you know, a, a distributing pass-first guy. If all things are equal, I think that's the, the type of fit that you want. Um, you know, I've talked about this with a lot of people just in conversation or whatever, that, you know, I prefer guys that are pass-first at point guard 
just because sometimes I think it helps the team overall. But as a lot of people point out to me, um, that kind of player is definitely declining as far as there's just not as many as there used to be. The prototype point guard that of you know the, maybe 10, 20 years ago that played that way, that was a setup guy, uh, one example of a guy who's retired now, um, Andre Miller, that type of player just doesn't seem to be you know, as prevalent as it used to be. So um, maybe that guy isn't available. I'm not sure. But um, to me, when you have two guys that are have both been in the top 10 or top five in scoring throughout their career, or at least in the last few years, both Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, you want to make sure they get the ball. I mean, it's I know that might sound uh, overly obvious, but um, sometimes if you have a, have a couple other guys that, that are um, – that need the ball or need to shoot a lot, it doesn't work out as well. I think the previous core that the Pelicans had, like say if, if they had some of the uh, some of the previous guys that had, have just left in the last year or two to go to other teams, if you put those guys with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, I don't think it would have worked because you just have too many guys that need the ball and too many guys that are high-volume um, scorers. So to me, it's a better fit as a, as a, um, a pass-first guy, and I think that's one reason why. Um, Tim Frazier's had some success playing with those guys, and is that he's, um, you know, he, he definitely doesn't look for his shot first. He looks to set people up and make sure that they get the ball in the right places. Yeah, his uh, assist to turnover ratio there in the final stretch of games is pretty impressive, that's for sure. Um, let's focus on the NBA playoffs. We're down to the final four in each conference, eight overall. And we saw last night, I thought was pretty surprising, was the Rockets, how. Um, it's safe to say they manhandled the San Antonio Spurs last night. I know we we know how well the Rockets have played offensively all season long, but were you surprised by how Houston came out in game number one in San Antonio last night? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime anybody that's been watching the NBA for a while sees the Spurs get absolutely obliterated on their home floor in a playoff game or really any any time of the season, it, it, it makes you uh, take notice. I mean, that was... It, I remember at one point it was something like 80 to 50. That's just something that you don't see, you know, against the Spurs, um, especially at home. I saw that someone uh, noted that that was the biggest halftime deficit in the history of the franchise in the playoffs. And considering how often, how many times they've been in the postseason, it's something like 20 years in a row. That's incredible. So that was about as imp- as impressive a performance as I think anyone has has put on the on the floor so far in the entire playoffs to this point. Absolutely. So now you have a game one tonight of Golden State in Utah. How does that series match up? You see a Utah team that really likes to slow the pace down, is really good defensively, and then you have Golden State who, you know, averages a ton of points. Uh, what do you make of this uh, interesting uh, second-round matchup between Golden State and Utah? I do think it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I, not Maybe not so much in terms of the competitiveness. Obviously, Golden State is a huge favorite, as they will be against, you know, all but maybe one or two other teams. But just the contrast in styles to me is, is really going to be interesting. And I think in terms of Utah making it, you know, worth watching or more competitive overall, um, I think their depth could be something that helps them. Golden State definitely has some good reserves and some depth, but I think that's one of Utah's biggest strengths and why, you know, they, they gave the, they beat the Clippers was that they just had more, they had better players and like their fourth through eighth or ninth best players are better than the Clippers. So, um, that could be something that, that, that makes it more competitive for them. I, I definitely do have some confidence that Utah at home can give Golden State some, some good games and make it tight, but I'm curious to watch, you know, starting tonight, whether Utah can, can just hang in, 
in the games at Golden State. The Warriors are so good at home, and they're so good at getting you into that fast-paced, up-tempo game that a lot of teams have a hard time staying away from or avoiding. So to me, that, that's what I'm going to be watching in these tonight in these first couple games is if Utah can, can just stay in it because obviously if they can't, it's, it, it's going to be – you know, no matter what they do, it and when they go back home to Utah, it's going to be you know a, a one-sided series probably. With that being said, do you think we're headed toward another Golden State Cleveland NBA Finals? Maybe they'll they'll create a best of three series basically in the NBA Finals since Golden State took the first round, Cleveland won it last year. Are, are we heading towards another rematch between those two teams? I mean, there's no way that I would I would bet against that. There's no way I would say like sit here and say like I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think. Of all the scenarios, that's definitely the most likely one. Um, the the one thing I will say though is that um, I do think I am curious, and if it seems like this keeps getting pushed back, which is not a good sign for the rest of the Eastern Conference. But now I feel like the next round, I'm curious to see what um, Boston or Washington, whoever wins, does against Cleveland. Um, game one for Toronto was really a bad sign because it just seemed like a continuation of what happened last year, that they're no closer to being able to beat the Cavs or make them even concerned than they were when they played them last spring. So, um, But I, I, I don't want to say yet that it's a foregone conclusion that Cleveland's going to make the final just because I do. I am curious to see what Washington and Boston can do against them. But at the same time, the Cavs, um, especially based on last night and some of the Pacers series that they played against Indiana, not all of it, they do look like they've kind of flipped the switch that everyone always talks about as far as the concerns that people had about Cleveland in the last couple months of the regular season, it kind of seemed like they've already faded based on the fact that they're undefeated so far in the, in the playoffs. What about in the Western Conference? Does that mean Golden State has the easiest ride, or does Houston make things interesting? One, if they can hold on and beat San Antonio. I mean, I think Houston is dangerous. I just don't – I don't think – the problem – and I'm not – I'm not second-guessing at all, like, Houston's approach. I think they've done exactly what they need to do as far as giving themselves a chance to beat Golden State. But Golden State can play that game. That's that's part of the problem I see with, with Houston as far as sitting here and saying that Houston can beat them, is that Golden State can do the same thing as far as playing fast, shooting a lot of threes. And it, it, But I'll tell you what, though, it, it's going to be really fascinating, I think, to watch if, if it is Houston versus Golden State to see how that plays out just because – um, it's such a bold strategy to do what what Houston is doing to say like, you know, instead of going the opposite way and trying to play slow, we're going to try to just load up with as many shooters as we can and and see if that works it, as far as trying to take down Golden State. So, I mean, I, if if that is the theory, then I'm not. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion by any means that the Spurs don't come back and win against Houston, but. If that is a series, I think everybody around the NBA will be really interested to watch that to see how, how that plays out because, it, I mean, either way, if Houston does have some success against Golden State, and I don't necessarily mean beating them in the series, but if they give them a, a really uh, long series, it, I think it'll show even more that, that people, to other teams around the NBA, that you need to load up on three-point shooting and you need to load up on offense as much as you possibly can. So, which which will roll into the off season nicely in terms of what teams are focusing on and what they're trying to accomplish um, starting in July. Should be a fun rest of the NBA playoffs, that's for sure. That's Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com and our final episode of this season of the Black and Blue Report. Jim, uh, it's been uh, great chatting with you 
every Tuesday during the season. I'm glad we got to chat one more time and enjoy the rest of the offseason. I know this will be fun between the lottery, the playoffs, uh, the draft, and for agency. Uh, I look forward to uh, sharing this with you as we embrace another offseason here for the Pelicans. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. I, I know we'll, we'll try to, where, where applicable, we'll try to jump in and maybe have some um, podcasts here and there when, when the occasion uh, warrants it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, you have a good off season too. I'm, I'll be seeing you all constantly. And uh, I guess we got a few months, though, before we get back to the uh, regular pod, weekly podcast schedule. But, uh, but I'm looking forward to the summer and um, all the uh, – it's not completely quiet. We'll be in Vegas for a while this, in July like we are every year, you know, and we have the draft and the, the draft lottery coming up. So there'll still be things going on, but um, but I look forward to uh, a little bit more downtime here coming up in the next, you know, few weeks or so. Yeah, you certainly deserve it. And definitely keep an eye out on Pelicans.com, the mobile app, all of Jim's recaps on every player are up right now. And, of course, we will have some pop-up podcasts, whether it's the draft lottery, the NBA draft, or free agency be on the lookout for those when we come back i'll wrap up this final black and blue report of the season are you ready for a slimmer and trimmer you smoothie king's new and improved slim and trim meal replacement smoothies are here now with just 250 or fewer calories per 20 ounce cup they're slimmer and trimmer than ever keep your diet on track and feel fuller longer with at least 11 grams of protein and 6 grams of fiber Add Smoothie King to your diet today with new and improved Slim and Trim smoothies in three delicious flavors. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Diet and weight loss depend on individual needs, eating right, and exercising daily. The future is bright for our New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins. Along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, the time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. For a limited time, receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. So don't miss out on any of the action. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. All right, feels like the last day of school, kind of. This is our final show of uh, the season. We will take a hiatus and we'll come back the start of training camp, Saints training camp, that is, in late July. But, of course, as we mentioned in our last segment with Jim Eichenhofer, be on the lookout for a pop-up podcast. Whenever we feel like we want to do one, whether it's a draft lottery, the NBA draft, free agency, be on the lookout on Pelicans.com mobile app. You can also follow me at D. Salerson or follow the show at Black Blue Report. We'll keep you posted on all things Pelicans and Saints. Of course, there's still stuff that will go on between mini camps, OTAs, and all that. So it'll be plenty of content on both the Saints and Pelicans websites. And we really appreciate all you've done as far as listening to our podcast. And we encourage you all to tell us who you want to hear from. What do you want to uh, hear from the podcast? Feel free to write us, uh, tweet us at D Salerson, at Sean Kelly Live, at Black Blue Report. We'll love, we love to hear your feedback. And we really appreciate you listening to all the shows throughout the Saints and the Pelican season. Before we get out of here, though, I do want to give you a heads up. Of course, Jazz Fest is in full swing. Another weekend to go. And the Pelicans are uh, giving you a chance to win a VIP experience. Win two tickets to the Jazz Fest, Jazz and Heritage Festival. Access to the Pelicans VIP hospitality area on May 6th. And a Pelicans Festival swag pack, including festival chairs, hats, flag, and more. Follow at Pelicans NBA on social media for details and enter now at pelicans.com. 
So a chance to win some Pelican swag and enjoy uh, one of the, the best times of the year with Jazz Fest. And the weather is supposed to be really good this weekend, so uh, no more rain, I believe. So it'll be a nice time to go out there and enjoy it and enjoy it with some Pelican swag. Again, we're done here now. We'll be back in late July for uh, Saints training camp, and we really appreciate you all those tuning in. For Sean Kelly and myself and Doug Tatum, Jim Eichenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.